morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning. Good morning. The date is Thursday, June 9th. Hope you're having a good start to your morning so far. If you tuned in yesterday to our live recording of the episode, you might be thinking this does not sound like the live recording we did yesterday. And that's so fair. Good ear. Um, due to some technical difficulties, we are just re-recording some of the sound stuff. But in the future, we are going to continue to do live episodes um, Wednesday afternoons that will be incorporated into the Thursday morning episode, the episode you're listening to right now. Um, but hey, we, uh, we, we're, we're happy to have people tuning in to those lives. I think they're fun. Um, and we're only going to keep getting better at them. Um, we'll be talking about some of the same stuff and adding some other stuff that we didn't get to talk about um, when we first recorded yesterday. Elton, how are you doing, man? Doing great, man. Sorry about my technical difficulties, guys. I was a technical difficulty. Simply put, the on and off button. I had a, I had a dumb, dumb moment, but guys, clean, pristine audio. We're going to make it sound just as ener- energetic as before, so you'll love this one. And I'll be honest, I've made the same mistake Elton made. Our microphones do this thing where the light will be on, yes. which to me, light on means on. But it happened to me in some way, too, where light on, microphone is on. Um, with that, we can dive into an anniversary. Uh, today is the anniversary of the release of Cars in 2006. Me and Elton talked about it a little bit before. Um, Cars is a good movie, but it is not a good Pixar movie, Facts. you ask me. I think, like, um, the analogy I used when we were talking earlier is it's like picking your favorite song off of Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. Sorry, it's like picking your least favorite song off of Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. It's like you're still going to pick a song that's a heater, you know, but it's just not your personal favorite. That's how I feel about the Pixar movies. They're all heaters, um, but Cars is kind of mid, if you ask me. Um, Elton, I wanted to ask you, what are your off the dome? What are your favorite Pixar movies? So I'm going to be that uh, annoying friend, that annoying hipster friend. It's like, well, actually, I'm really, really big on the, the shorts, like bow, like yes, yeah, it's, it's just goaded short. And then there's like the Incredibles one. Yeah. Jack, Jack attack. Just yeah. uh, and, and even Jerry's game. Like just just the smaller bite size shorts. I'm into Jerry's game. Is that the chess one? Yeah, yeah, with the old dude. Oh yeah, no, these are. I mean, these are deep cuts, Elton, and I appreciate you saying them. Bow is the one that they played at the beginning of Incredibles two, and that one I do is very very memorable to me. I do that one is a, a it's a tearjerker. That one is so good. Um, but to try and pry out of you, do you have a favorite feature length as well? I would say like a top five, like Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Wally, Toy Story. And hmm, I'd say up. I, I like to cry a lot when Pixar is on the screen. What you got, Charlie? True, true. Yeah, for me, the Incredibles and Ratatouille are no-brainers. Um, and then it's like uh, you gotta put in a Bug's Life, which people don't always talk about. The first Ooh. one, a Bug's Life, is a classic. Um, and then like a Toy Story movie needs to make its way in there. And then my favorite recent one, which is one of my favorites to watch that I've rewatched on Coco from a few years ago. I, ooh, Coco, I love so much. And Bo. Uh, one of the other hosts was telling us that he thinks that the villain in Coco is one of the best villains in all the Pixar movies, and I agree. Uh, Coco, if you haven't seen it and have not been keeping up with Pixar's movies, you should definitely watch Coco. It is. I dare you to watch it and not just feel feelings. <laughs> with that, Elton, we've got some entertainment updates. Uh, what's going on? Entertainment. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's like one of the biggest actors in the world right now, and he's doing his first superhero film. So I feel like it took forever in the day to finally get it. But yesterday, we finally got the first full trailer for Black Adam. So my man Dwayne looks so dope in that Black Adam suit. He doesn't even need all the extra like stuff to make him look like extra bold and strong. He's already swole enough. So the suit just fits over him perfectly. He has this whole menacing tone when he speaks to and he, he makes it clear that he's all about killing villains if need be. The special effects that were on display in this trailer are amazing. 
Warner Bros. clearly spent a whole lot of bags to make sure Black Adam looks amazing. His lightning powers that they pop off the screen. Plus, Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate, his magical superpowers look top-notch. I have very high hopes for this film, and so does Dwayne, since he let the world know that he's ready to expand both the DC universe and the Black Adam universe, the universe within the universe pretty much, cinematic style. Here's hoping this movie is a banger so we can eventually get Dwayne's Black Adam throwing lightning hands with Zachary Levi's Shazam. That has to happen at some point, two years from now, big DC movie, crossover. Side note, I'd be very open to Pierce Brosnan getting a solo Dr. Fate movie. Speaking of trailers, let's move into gaming. Gaming. And one of the biggest games of the year, pretty much every year, is Call of Duty. So, the newest trailer for Call of Duty came out and it's for Modern Warfare 2, which is the sequel to the 2019 reboot. So, shout out to my guy Bo, who said this new Modern Warfare could be completely trash, but at least the trailer will forever be amazing. Speaking of that trailer, I watched it like a million times already. I feel the exact same way. The new Task Force 141 looks so epic. You have Captain Price, you have Ghost, you have Soap, you have Gas, and you have Laswell. And their new enemies come in the form of the Mexican Special Forces and Colonel Alejandro Vargas. Oh, sounds badass too. The next generation visuals look very crisp and clean. Warzone 2.0 has been confirmed, so people can probably hop onto that. Free to play, new addiction. And this series entry marks the return of Call of Duty to PC via Steam. All in all, Modern Warfare 2 looks like another playable Michael Bay movie. Explosions, madness, I'm all in for it. Charlie, got some big NFC crypto news? Cryptocurrency. Yes, yeah, so this is a fun one. If you've listened to podcasts for a long time, you know that um, I followed NFTs. I was the NFT editor all through 2021, so I followed the space very, very closely. And then in the past six months, I've been following it a little less closely. So I apologize if I don't get the exact mechanics right. This is also a pretty technical story as opposed to talking about an artist. Um, but... Yesterday, a test of Ethereum's merge was completed successfully. Um, one of the main things that people who are into the blockchain have been looking forward to for a long time is Ethereum uh, moving from proof of work to proof of stake. One of the main criticisms of blockchain technology is that it is bad for the environment. And I, as somebody who um, is involved in blockchain communities, I agree. It's a it's a very valid criticism. Bitcoin mining and Ethereum mining are use an incredible amount of energy. Um but since the nascent days of NFTs in 20, or not the nascent days for real, but the days when we first started talking about NFTs a lot in 2021, Ethereum has had a plan to move to ETH 2.0, which is proof of stake instead of proof of work, which negates a lot of the carbon uh, footprint of the network. So uh, proof of stake, I, I, I don't have the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it uses about 1% of the energy consumption of a proof of work network, which is obviously way, way, way less. It effectively almost eliminates the energy output of um, utilizing Ethereum. And so yesterday, uh, they did their first test of the Ethereum merge, which if you want to learn more about the Ethereum merge, we have an article on the site about it that explains it in much better detail than I'm going to be able to I'll look up Ethereum merge 137 p.m. But the Ethereum merge will move the blockchain from a proof of work consensus mechanism to proof of stake. This merge means that ETH holders will operate as validators, opposed to energy intensive computers doing the work, hence creating a more efficient blockchain and reducing its carbon footprint. That's from 137pm.com. And then from Coindesk, uh, so the Ropstein Test Network, which is the testnet, successfully merged its proof-of-work execution layer with the Beacon Chain Proof-of-Stake Consensus Chain. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, a process identical to the one that the main ETH network will undergo in just a few months if everything goes as planned. So um, the test yesterday was successful. Uh, it doesn't really actually mean anything for the ETH main network. It was just a test in a controlled environment. But hopefully what it means is that in a few months, they will actually... Um, move, they will merge the ETH main network um, to a proof of stake chain as well. 
uh, effectively eliminating the carbon footprint of Ethereum mining, which is very, very exciting. I know for a lot of people who um, are interested in environmentalism and also interested in blockchain, it has sort of felt like this dual thing for a long time, things that are pulling you apart. And Bitcoin still has no plans to move to proof of stake. So Bitcoin maximalists, I don't know how they can be Bitcoin maximalists and also environmentalists, um, but Ethereum is uh, seems like they will be moving to proof of stake and effectively eliminating the energy usage component of Ethereum mining. And with that, we hop over into sports. sports. Game three of the NBA Finals took place last night. Um, it's the third game now. I realize that all the games have ended with more than a 10 point margin, um, but I feel like those are those scorecards make it seem like they were blowouts. But all of these games have had sort of a closeness to them throughout. But then with one of the teams pulling ahead in the end, um, the Celtics were up this entire game. Uh, but with a final score of 116, 100 Celtics, um, that brings the series to 2-1 Boston. Uh, Steph Curry had 31, Klay Thompson had 25, which just long term for the series seems like bad news because they were both on um, and still were not able to overcome the Celtics who were anchored by Tatum, Brown and Smart, who all had 20 plus point games. Um, it's interesting. I know a lot of people have talked about wanting to see Jason Tatum have like a superstar game for them to really pull this off. But I think that it's better to have three of the players, the players that are supposed to have good games every night, have good games rather than have Tatum have to put the team on his back. So I think things are looking good for the Celtics, but um, we will see again when Boston faces off against the Warriors on Friday night at 9 p.m. That game will also be in Boston before they go back to Golden State. Thanks, guys. And that's it for today's episode. For more details and these stories and a whole lot more, Make sure you head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all our social media platforms. Also, hop into our Discord if you can, fam. We talk about anything and everything. NFTs, cannabis, gaming, movies, MMA, anything and everything once again. We'll be back again tomorrow. And as always, remember to stay curious. Stay curious.